0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Canon Rents Sound of Play Two Fifty Two. Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And joining me, Ryan Heyman, in Sound of Play 252, is a uh, a composer who seems to have a a large breadth of work. And I'm uh, excited and uh, learning about um, uh, some of the work that he's done. Uh, this is Chase Bathia. Hey,
1: how's it going, Ryan? Hey. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Very excited to be on Sound of Play 252. <laughs> listened to past episodes and really enjoyed them. And so this is a it's the honor. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for uh, taking the time out. Um, you are in, uh, in L.A. now. How do you describe your your role? I know everyone has a different word for when what they do in video game music space.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can I can tell by how you're you're phrasing it, and yes, yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> respectful, and I appreciate that. But yes, I am a composer. I mostly score video games, only because that is the sound that I've always had throughout my entire career, and so I've I have scored some films, but nothing like no not, not, nothing of notoriety. Yeah, a little bit of sound design as well, but. Just mostly enjoying like the video game roller coaster ride for that overall.
0: So, how did you get into working in video games? Was this something that you kind of carried forward with uh, an interest in video games growing up, and then that evolved into a professional interest, or was it more of the professional opportunity that kind of inspired you to get into this scene in the first place?
1: It's more of the former, really. I've always been playing games since I was young. And like, since I was like six years old or such, most people would have that instrument around that time to learn that. But I mean, I was around music, but I wasn't doing anything with it really. But over the time I did pick up an instrument, probably by the time I was in fifth grade, I was in the choir out, played alto saxophone. And I was actually, I was composing music around that time at a very early age, just not in the former fashion, the, the proper fashion that they teach you in school. And so fast forward like many, many, many years later, I went to community college. But a little before then, I was doing like music for like hip hop production and producing and stuff like that, R&B. And I wasn't really getting much satisfaction out of it. And Most people were saying that it sounds like video game music anyway, probably because I was <laughs> listening to video game music still and using video game melodies in that hip hop production before it got really popular. I mean, it's
0: become kind of a popular thing in the last uh decade or so for especially in hip hop to use a lot of um samples from video yeah, games.
1: Yeah, I was doing that back in like 1999 you were ahead of the times. Yeah, <laughs> 2000. I was, I was, I have the tracks to prove that. <laughs> so if any, that's why I'm just like, yeah, sure, go ahead. I'm, I was way ahead of y'all, but nonetheless, was always told that my music sounds that that way. And so it was one opportunity, whereas in I ended up getting a book, I was working at an media company, and then that went kind of under, went to school, learned classical piano, got my composition degree. And then I got this little book by Aaron Marks called The Complete Guide to Game Audio, second edition. And I read that book and I didn't finish the book. I got halfway through it. And I realized, like, you know what? Everyone had been telling me My music sounds like this. And I wonder (laughs) if this is going to be the case, if I could really make this career. And yeah, got post my music on a forum and landed my first gig. And I haven't looked back since.
0: You've been at it for quite a while, too. Um, Some of these compositions are from, uh, you know, seven years ago. Uh, That might be the earliest of yours that you've posted here. Yes,
1: I believe so. Uh,
0: What does that mean for music to sound like? Video game music—is it the choice of instruments? Is it the uh, proclivity to uh, to looping? Like, how does um, how does music sound like video game music? Or how do you interpret those comments when they (laughs) come towards you? That's an excellent question, Ryan. Honestly, like I had no idea for
1: like several years when they was when I was doing that production that I that they why they were saying that they would they would just tell me it sounds (laughs) like video game music, and I didn't know what to do with that. And I promise you, if I knew. What I did <laughs> now back then, I would have been in the industry back then immediately because it would have mm-hmm. just sunk to me that, oh, well, I can send out demos and work on games with music. Like that is the married passion early, but that didn't come until 2009 uh, like or 10 that it hit me. And yeah, I had no idea, but I realized I guess it's chord progressions and sound palette. And I think that's really what it came down to. At least that's what I had decoded the (laughs) your music sounds like video game music (laughs) statements are so
0: here we are are there certain types of chord progressions you find work better in game music or is it uh just kind of the general like really strong leading melodies and and stuff like that
1: you know i think it's it, that's interesting because every player is different, right? The, the games that you play mm-hmm. or that I play or anyone else plays is a different experience with whatever composer used certain pro- progressions for that particular game and context. And so I don't really know what that if it's like really definitive or not that makes an indicative imprint that this is what video game music sounds like i was just writing what sounded good to me at least (laughs) and however that person took it i don't know what games they were playing but whatever it was it it was hitting them in that manner whereas and it sounded like game music so that's really good that's a really good question
0: it's interesting like i feel like a lot of people have kind of an innate sense of uh that sounds like a video game song uh but um you know there's this kind of usually going back to like some of the early chiptune type of music, the, uh, NES and super Nintendo Mm -hmm. and and mega drive types of, of sounds and the, the melodies produced for those, for those machines. But, um, you know, it's even from the early days, like the composers were drawing from such kind of disparate sources with the, uh, you know, Commodore composers being really kind of into progressive rock and the uh, NES composers being really into classical and jazz. And it's just, um, you know, a real kind of hodgepodge, but maybe that's kind of what gives it a bit of its identity.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's the great thing about video game music is that there is no specific genre class. It covers Mm. a myriad of different styles and hybrids, things that you can just continuously explore as long as the, the context is correct with the project and it serves the project, it serves the game and the player experience is enhanced.
0: So speaking of which, you um, featured one of your tracks coming into the show today.
1: The name of the track is Element of Danger. Element of Danger is the fifth level in this game developed by Simplicity Development Studio. The game is kind of, it's really slick and interesting. It's like cube players, but you have to climb this mountain using keyboard on like your actual computer keyboard typing configuration. So like if it's N and J, you have Mm. to type those Mm. together. And so I was just writing the music for that level. And I wanted to really give it a sense of what it it felt like to actually probably be mountain climbing or rock climbing without any gear. And that's really where Mm. this comes from.
0: There's kind of a precariousness, of course, and then also the serenity of uh, being in nature as well. Um, I think the percussion really stands out on this one. It's uh, um, it's kind of an unusual sound for (laughs) the drums to have, which I I really like. It actually reminds me a lot of uh, um, David Wise's uh, music from Donkey Kong Country, too, for some reason.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So it's interesting you pointed that out because i had a friend that played tabla and i when i was working at lens crafters many years ago he had played i didn't know he played tabla he was just drumming on an empty soda can he was drumming extremely extremely well in that little space and just jamming and i was like whoa i was like can you do that on anything and he was like well yeah like i've learned this i've learned that so i said come over to my house at the time i was living with an ex-girlfriend and we had this uh townhouse and the staircase had this really distinct sound and so i said drum on this and i'm going to record you and i recorded him and that is the main percussion thing you hear in element danger no kidding that is it
0: <laughs> wow that's cool you can kind of find those uh little spirits of music anywhere <laughs> it was
1: super unique i had to have his drumming style on something and it just fit and i built it everything else around that
0: so i guess this goes back to um one of the things about video game music is that you really have the luxury of being able to compose entirely electronically, or to um, or to record the music with live instruments and with live performers, and then kind of mix that together, um, and uh, and put that into the the game. Do you have a preference for uh, going all electronic or going you know manual and acoustic?
1: I do not have a preference.
0: In fact, I love creating hybrid
1: and experimenting with different instrument textures timbres and everything else i i don't think it's good especially nowadays, we're in 2020, right? I'm usually trying to push the sound of game audio forward. Like everyone's got their, we've got the melody eras. Everyone has that. You want melodies galore? They have it for you. But for me, it's more of, I write music as a conversation. You and I are having this back and forth. There are pauses, there's a rhetoric, there's rhythm, there is a ebb and flow of how it goes. And that's how I choose to write the music that I write for, especially for the project, because I feel like it's always going to move forward, but how is it going to move forward? And I'm trying to give the listener, one not to have it be monotonous, and two to dig deeper past what the surface has been giving you from the past game audio in the previous years.
0: That's cool. Uh, let's listen to another piece of your music. Um, you've put forward uh, one called "Breaks in Motion." Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of insight into this piece? What makes it stand out amongst the pieces that you've written?
1: So, "Breaks in Motion" was written for this visual novel developed by Fancy Fish Games called Reality and Reality has a really interesting story about a girl who gets to play test a MMO VR RPG world and the point of where she feels she doesn't really want to be involved with the real world anymore she would prefer to kind of be in this virtual world that is being developed by this company and she ends up meeting you know someone and having a friend or a couple friends and such but there's a lot of danger that happens when you're dealing with beta software in general. And so Mm. there's some, I don't want to spoil it, but this track kind of, is a meta form in terms of what's happening in the visual novel. Once you hit a certain arc in the story and your decisions are indicative of how this track kind of plays or when it plays and things of that nature. So I, I can't say too much. I don't want to spoil it, but the <laughs> the th- unique things that have stood out just like we were talking about earlier is with this entire soundtrack, I hired live musicians and I played live instruments on this entire soundtrack as well. I even sang and not a lot of people, know that that i that i do sing but i am singing on this track and actually liked it but unfortunately (laughs) the 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 visual novel it comes from a a deep place of of depression and sadness so a lot of my heart was poured into this visual novel and it, it really if you listen to every single piece on the soundtrack it you can hear it (laughs) and in the particular Mm. part where i'm singing i actually am going through something but i decided to channel that into the music and let that be heard
0: very good let's listen to breaks in motion by jay spathia from reality you're talking about composing for a visual novel. One of the things about video game music and, you know, I am not going to be explaining this to a video game music composer, but like just for the context of the question, uh video game music is kind of unique in that it has to account for any action that the player character can be performing at the time, you know, so Mario 64 music has to account for him taking a, uh, you know, a nice little walk through the um through the, the field and kind of enjoying the beautiful scenery and equally well has to account for him being chased by a Goomba and a bob while riding on a Koopa shell or something like that. And so, you know, all of these very different uh, game moments have to be, uh, have to feel right with the music that's underscoring them. And so I'm curious with a visual novel, oftentimes there'll be different, uh, different musical cues that play when there are moments of kind of, melancholy within the story, but, um, it doesn't seem like you'd have to account in the same way for the real divergent player actions that could come, uh, could spring up at any moment. Um, is this something that, uh, you know, as you're composing for this genre, as opposed to others that, um, you really, that really kind of affects the, the style of music that you're making, or is it, um, are you just kind of always looking to, you know, put forward the best best kind of standalone music and, and, uh, you know, see how it fits in later. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm, when I'm a part of a project and I'm scoring for a game, I'm really trying to service the game and working in game development. If I mean, most people who, no matter what discipline you're in, you're really the writer, if even if you're the level designer, the programmer, when you, what I've heard, especially with working with, different teams is you have this idea outside of the game. You think about what the game is. And as you make the game, the game tells you what it is. It's almost as if it just mm. becomes semi sentient on the, in a form. Whereas in it, you think it was one way, but it's actually this and it blooms into something else. And by that time, you have to you just go with it at that at that moment, typically. And so when I compose music for the project, I'm really am trying to make it sure it fits with every single discipline that's involved Whether it's programming, especially the art, the writing, everything that is involved. I'm servicing that because it's a collaborative art form when the game ships and it's out and people play it they're listening, they're hearing the sound, they're hearing the music, they're playing the mechanics and understanding how the game works. They're catching on to the story. They're looking at the art. They're appreciating the level design. It's an entire package. And so if it, if the music doesn't stand out, that's okay. I think that's fine. Most people I know don't really like that or they don't think it's it's strong enough, it doesn't stand on its own. I'm not there to serve the people who are looking for standalone. I'm there to serve the game that you have the entire experience mm. with.
0: So you've also put forward a few pieces of music that have kind of inspired you over the years. Um, this first one that you're introducing is from a series that uh, has kind of a a legendary um, legendary run of soundtracks. I think a lot of people will probably agree that um, the fourth entry in the series might be you know, the high point for uh, for those early Ridge Racer soundtracks. This is a, a piece from uh, Ridge Racer R4 uh, called Pearl Blue Soul. What is it about this piece of music that uh, that really stands out to you?
1: It's I think it's the epitome of definitely getting in the car, whether it was in a game or in your car <laughs> in real life, and just really just going hard at the street and just trying to get mm. to your destination or when the race it is it is just so well done and it just it has a really good feeling overall it's just it's always good vibes
0: yeah this um this piece of music isn't necessarily an intense piece of music either like it has um it has a real kind of measured energy to it uh which i i always love when racing games do that or um when, when fighting games put in something that isn't so kind of, you know, so blood boiling, uh, you know, it gives you almost like a, a moment of, um, kind of expectation whiplash in a way, but, um, especially those, uh, those early kind of Japanese racing games that use very kind of like smooth and jazzy soundtracks, mm-hmm. uh, uh, tend to be really memorable and tend to really endure over the years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I played this one a lot as a teenager and, the fact that you could even choose the entire soundtrack without having to do any unlocks—you so can just choose a track and choose mm. choose the racing track and choose the music track that you want to do the feel where you'll drive best—is it, it was very it's very distinctive for me. And, and this one, I remember always playing even outside of the game. <laughs> I worked out to it. I've d- driven to it on a mm, night drive. Yeah. It's it's just really great.
0: And That does make a difference <laughs> to how you play too. The uh, the piece of music that accompanies you, mm-hmm. yeah, it does. <laughs> if you get the wrong one, you could just be on the. Could be on a, a you know could be the cause of a, a bad lap or two, <laughs> it,
1: and it it does affect you. I'm not sure if you've ever played this one, but it does. There, if you let it choose for you, and you're not feeling it, mm-hmm. you're it's something about it, the connection to it. You're just like oh, I'm not, I'm not really there. <laughs> and I've, that's why I knew, I knew. I was like, I this is when yeah. I learned about a soundtrack of what goes to which track and which ones I play better to, or drive better to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is Pearl Blue Soul by Kota Takahashi. Hiroshi Okubo, Asuka, Sakai, Tetsukazu uh, Nakanishi, and um, Koji Nakagawa from Ridge Racer R4. is a piece from a uh, playstation 2 game uh, from the original god of war Uh, this um this is probably the most different of or the most kind of um you know set out from the pack of the selections that you've picked so i'm kind of curious like where does this fit in uh into your music tastes, into your uh, inspiration? How does this, you know, piece of music affect you?
1: Along with the, the semi-brief story of how I got started, this is also part of the story. When in my search of understanding how I could fit into doing video game composition, I came across a video. The video was God of War 3 by the time. But I was a big God of War fan playing this as well, like some time, a little bit. I think it was still in high school. I actually bought a PS2 specifically for God of War because I I had a cousin that had it. I got tired of going to his Mm -hmm. house. I bought this game. (laughs) And so I the music really stuck with me because it just felt so good and so right. And by the time God of War three came out, I remember thinking like, yeah, they had mentioned one thing. It was like, I have a lot of creativity when I'm on the project. And I was like, that's what I want. I want all the creativity. And then that's how it comes to it. But the, the vengeful spartan from the earlier the earlier god of war game was one that's just it just feels so great <laughs> it's so well orchestrated and it was just amazing to hear that in a, in a playstation 2 game especially with the greek mythology story with a twist and so on and so forth so that's really where it kind of fits in
0: All right this is the vengeful spartan by gerard marino from god of war side of video game music what types of music do you enjoy listening to typically i, I like to listen to um, pretty much a wide variety of stuff
1: it's anything from progressive rock to jazz to ambient music or and if, i'm really kind of picky now that as i get older i'm because i've heard <laughs> so much but mm, yeah uh some of the classics of things that i maybe i haven't dove into too much but it's just it it depends like if i just haven't heard it before it's just kind of hard to come by but there are there are a couple couple things it just it's hard i'm I'm one of those musicians where it's terrible if you ask me off the top of my head but i have like a list of things (laughs) of the people that i do like
0: yeah sure yeah i i know what that's like as well where it's like i don't want one particular type of thing i just want something new (laughs) (laughs) yeah like uh, i crave novelty exactly like anime music sometimes will catch me or i'll
1: decide to go to just something really radical maybe i'll meet listen to some some serialism type of music just to kind of just put make me feel uncomfortable and different for a little mm. bit, or maybe it won't make me feel uncomfortable or different, but maybe it will just stand out in a certain way.
0: Yeah. So, um, this next piece of music is a uh, this is a piece with a really kind of fun and infectious, um, energy to it. <laughs> I really like this one. This is from a game called Super Happy Fun Block, and is a piece called Experiments. So, what is uh? What is the, the game? Is not one I'm familiar with. What is the game? What is the uh, thought process in composing the music? So, Super Happy Fun
1: Block is a mobile puzzle game. Unfortunately, not available anymore because the developer hasn't mm. kept up the, the license to be on the Apple Store. It's a whole nother story. But I was hired to do the soundtrack. And in the story, there is you play a character named Ball where you solve these mobile puzzles to kind of get through the story and whatnot. And you get to a certain lab and the lab has certain puzzles in it. And so that's where I named the track experiments. But you are just, I, did, I needed the entire energy of, this, of the soundtrack to be very uplifting and happy. And a lot of my music hasn't been that until I got Super Happy Fun Block. And so I was really looking forward to doing something bright and up and challenge myself to see if I could make happy music if it was actually in me and a lot of people enjoyed this one a lot and i was very very thankful for the the amount of attention that it got from my peers and stuff in terms of how it was received but yeah, that's uh, that's that's really what came from it. And ironically, I was scoring a very dark soundtrack during the same mm. time, during the same year. So it went from like having a horror score in a game to having a very happy score in a mobile game. So that was a really good composition challenge and mental challenge for myself.
0: You spoke earlier about how you really kind of put your emotions into the music that you were composing. And um, do you ever come across a project that you... I don't know whether you kind of get the pitch and have to mull it over and think this just isn't a good fit for where I am I am personally right now or maybe you get halfway through a project and find that you know you're just not feeling the way that the the music needs you to feel have you ever had to pass on a project or pull in help from somebody else just because you know you're just kind of emotionally not in that space
1: Yeah I've had to I have had to pass on very few projects, but one thing you mentioned was finding the feeling a certain way once you're in the project and it not pulling you in that way. <laughs> That's happened to me so much <laughs> more than I'd like to admit. I can speak recently for the, the most recent game that I scored is called a ground. And I was working on that for about two or some years, two and a half years or so. And it was with another musical artist for mixing his album and I think the only time I would say I had to like pull in help is from thinking what he was saying to me while I was mixing his album and then going back to the drawing board and then really just trying to write through it. And it actually came up pretty well. So that was, I guess, the only help I kind of pulled in, so to speak. But I never had the luxury or the budget for the through the project to get anybody else to kind of at least help me through that process. Yeah. <laughs> so just had to kind of... <laughs> go along with the punches and the trenches and get through it.
0: Well, let's listen to experiments from Super Happy Fun Block. back into some of the pieces that have inspired you. Um this is a piece from one of the I want to say early, but uh, there have been <laughs> uh, Batman games even before this one. Uh, significant Batman games like almost a uh, uh genre defining Batman games before this one. Um this is uh, from Batman Forever. Uh is there, a, is there a, a story to this song? Is there any um, history that you bring into this when you listen to it?
1: Oh, yes. This is the, this is a tr- <laughs> I grew up with, the game was not mine. I borrowed it from a friend that I named, uh, his name was Sam. And I tried to just steal this game from him all the time. Not literally, but I would borrow it for a <laughs> long time. And I'm like, can I have this sure, game? Can sure. I have this game? Can I pay you for this game? And he'd say, no, no, no. <laughs> so I never owned the game until I was an adult. But my gosh, when I borrowed that game, like I was stuck I was actually stuck on this level one music for a long time. And as you know, games when you're playing, you know, in 97 or so, (laughs) 95, you're stuck with that loop music. But this music was just incredible in terms of its technological achievements with what you could do. And I had no idea like how it could musically be that great in a Game Boy game, which was my first system. And so it stuck with me throughout my entire life. I mean, I listen to it just pops in my head maybe one day and I'm like, I have to hear this. And I'm I'm mostly sp- speaking about the progression of how it starts very low and then how it adds different layers and then how it gets like these triplet feels and these runs as if it was a a Chopin piece where you fit a bunch of notes in a tiny measure and then you still are managing to not slip that up somehow. And so I was actually surprised to figure out that the composer is one of my favorite composers actually going through this list with you because I didn't know until recently and I was like, ah, that makes sense. (laughs) So it was a very nice, happy surprise.
0: He's one of the real legendary composers from a lot of uh, early video games. Mm-hmm. Uh this is Tim Fallen that we're speaking of. Um but uh yeah, there's um yeah, some of those early composers they kind of uh their work kind of petered out after the Commodore Amiga, you know, work started drying up a little bit. They didn't transition on to other systems, but uh Tim Fallen uh continued to be uh, really um successful and prolific, even after the era of those uh, kind of early PCs kind of died out.
1: Yeah, I actually wasn't put onto to Tim until, I would say, like maybe five-ish years ago when I heard his soundtrack for Echo Defender of the Future on Dreamcast mm. and PS2. And that's, that's actually, sorry to go backwards, but Tim inspired me for Super Happy Fun Block and a bit in the, in the intro and oh, some cool. in that way. But yeah, now knowing that you know I tried to do a transcription of this piece you know we're about to listen to and it just wasn't happening. (laughs) I don't know what he was doing, but it was great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's listen to BGM number one from Batman Forever by Tim (laughs) Fallon. So working in the video game music space, you say that you haven't um, necessarily pulled in other composers for projects that you've been assigned to, but have you ever done any kind of collaborative soundtracks or uh, any type of remixing work? There's some great communities out there that do uh, just some uh, really good hobbyist level uh, video game composition.
1: Yeah, recently over the past, I would say just a couple of years I've been finding some collaborations. It's for me, it's more of a connection with people that I'm having on a personal level before I decide to do something musically in that way. I think it's for me, I, I guess I keep it as like a, a sacred type of intimacy format in my mind, because I just want it to be like a really good experience rather than the bad one. And I used to collaborate when I was a teenager with a lot of people, but I had learned that not everybody is a good collaborator. So I had to like grow up <laughs> and understand what that meant and all that stuff. So, but yeah, I've collaborated with a couple friends of mine. I guess in a sense I collaborated with the people I hired for reality in that, in that regard. And that, yeah. so yeah, that, that whole album is actually a whole collaboration if I've, cause I hired a lot of musicians and I got, but that's when I realized I got back into it. But there is something, there will be an album coming out where it's going to be a really big collaboration with a, a lot of video game composers that I specifically selected that I want to work with. So I'm looking forward to that. In fact, I guess I could say I collaborated with this piece we're talking about right now. I just remembered that I did hire a colleague of mine from from college to play guitar in addition to my guitar playing, which wasn't very good. (laughs) This was a game actually made for a game jam and it hasn't seen the light of day. So this is more of like an exclusive. Hmm. I don't even think I've actually even released this. So this is the boss part of level one where you're playing the game. I wanted it to just feel a little bit different from the level music, but I really wanted to give it that, that movement of style because it's actually a first person shooter type of game was my first first person shooter game that was ever scoring. And so I suck at first person shooters until I actually, helped develop this game and I got really good. <laughs> so I just really good at this game
0: or shooters in general. I got
1: really good at this game and I got better at shooters in general, like in first nice. person. So it really, it really <laughs> boosted my chops, but yeah, I, I ended up hiring. Great. I played the guitar and then I realized I wasn't, I needed a better guitar and I was like, Hey, you know what? I got a guitar player friend, someone new, let's see how he does Let's you know, collaborate and let's do this. And he did pretty well and was very happy with it.
0: Yeah. What is the, uh, what is the game? How, what makes it kind of stand out amongst uh, other first-person shooters.
1: <laughs> All right, so I'll give it away. the 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 greatest part of this was a three-person team. It was my friend James and uh, the the jammer from the UK named Anthony, who created Anthony mm-hmm. Games. And this was part of a low-res jam. And what makes this stand out is I was actually bring able to bring to the table some game development ideas beyond just being an audio person. And I said, "Hey, mm-hmm. look, check this out. If we, you know, polish this and we do the mechanics, what if we add?" you know if you're if the enemies are coming at you what if they pick up on your pattern of shooting and they are able to dodge it and what if they're able to get around that and attack you better, like AI learning in that regard, mm. we added that into the game. And then I said that also like, what if you're able to take certain things and slow the motion down so that you can, you can really like focus. So when you hit like a certain button, if you pick up a certain item and you're able to go in slow-mo mode in a low-res Quake form, which I don't really remember from Doom or Quake doing this at the time. And the music actually drops in that and pitch during that. So you really feel like you're trudging through and you're getting, getting by and kicking butt. And so I'm very proud of the offering those mechanics, especially the AI dodging, because I felt like it was always easy for the just people to shoot stuff up and win and go through it. It's like, we need to challenge the player a lot. And so when we added that, I really felt like it, I've never seen it in a first person shooter game ever before. And I still haven't seen one to, seen it happen to this day. I mean, now it probably will happen because AI learning is getting better people are starting to implement it but still at mm-hmm. back at the 2016 it didn't exist
0: it seems ambitious for a game jam game yeah we did have plans to do
1: episodic versions like telltale was and but the only downfall and the downside of it is because developer was is really young i think he was like 17 and so he had school mm. he had work but he was extremely talented so with work <laughs> and school wow. and having a life he, t- he wasn't able to you know keep up the project but we did finish the level and it is still playable on the online if you look for it and so
0: yeah, there it is. Very cool. The game is called Reclaim Earth, and this is a piece called Not Even Phased. That sounds cool. Um, so you've uh, you know, worked in game jams and you've done a uh the scoring for a number of video games now. Do you uh tend to like I'm just kind of curious how these jobs come about? Are these people that you'd know through your connections in working in video games, or is there more of a um just kind of a formal process of posting work that needs to be done and you kind of picking up on it in that way?
1: Yeah. A lot of the stuff has just been just hitting the grindstone, hustling, meeting people, going out to certain meetups that exist, you know, more now than when I had started. Well, back then, I mean, we still had like online and forums and stuff and forums is wherever I was just mm-hmm. kind of posting. And so yeah, it's really where I've just picked up a lot of the work and it's just now, I mean, I've been working professionally in the industry for nine years now and now it's just coming around to where I'm getting referrals from a small part of my network. But not as much as I would like, but it, it takes a lot of nurturing and, and effort to, you know, to continue to get that. And it's a journey.
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh, this, um, this next piece is from a game called Electron Flux. Uh, what can you tell us about the game and the music that you composed for it?
1: So this is actually tying into the story of the beginning where I bought that book and I posted my music online to a forum. And this person was the one who hired me. This was my first gig. Is my so this is my first soundtrack game and this is also unreleased but the soundtrack will be coming out soon finally the the developer was doing the, i guess their first game they were looking for a specific style type of music that they wanted to work with i already had demos i was submitting demos to him a little bit more constantly than I guess maybe others would have. And then we negotiated on the price for the soundtrack. And then I went through, I just went to town because I really, I was hungry. I wanted to work in games. I knew this would, would, would work. I had been told this was my sound and there it was. And so AR4+, I believe is the second track I wrote for the, for the game. And I had a lot of fun doing this. It was, it was just a blast and it was so, it was so gratifying to see the, work that you do and then download an apk which is what the android reads for mm-hmm. game files and then play it and hear it it was like wow this is really happening <laughs> it was i'll never forget that <laughs> moment it was so great
0: so it's listed as a 2013 game and you say that it's just now kind of getting its uh, soundtrack release yes was this something that you've been really pushing for that entire time period because that's uh quite a long time <laughs> it's a
1: long time i know what what, hap- what was happening was i didn't i didn't know i could release soundtrack when i started out and so it never came out and and then I got another game and then I got another game and I was focused on those projects and I was always trying to build my portfolio and, my, and build the career. And so every, I've been trying to get this soundtrack out for as long as I've started for the past six years. And every year I do another track with my mixing, you know, getting chops, getting better. And then I realized like I need to make an extended version for the soundtrack because it was just, it's very, you know, small track. So that's really where it's been coming from is I just, I keep getting busy and I, I, I haven't gotten it out yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. And sorry, you asked about what the game is. It's a mobile puzzle game that deals with electron pathways. So you're trying to build the best efficiency to the electrons that are coming out and changing its formats for the output to be at its highest. Some people have like, broke the mm. game. It's been insane, like the output paths that they've been able to do. But it <laughs> does get hard.
0: <laughs> I always like to see uh, people going way farther and way more creative with their puzzle solutions than the game designers originally even intended. Yeah. <laughs> people always find ways. Oh yeah, people are very creative and willing. Does the title mean anything? AR4 Plus? Is that a uh, some sort of elite speak message or anything?
1: Yeah, so I was really <laughs> I was really out there with the naming on on these. I was thinking about science and chemistry. I was just combining periodic table names. I'm just not even going to
0: do it. all <laughs> okay. that was no, doing. Cool.
1: But yeah, I had fun with it, so a lot of the names are, you're probably not going to be able to even pull up on Google Play when it comes out, and that's that's my fault. But it is what it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. This is AR4 Plus by Chase Bithea from Electron Flux. One track to listen to left today, but before we do that, we wanted to remind everyone to head over to our forum at canandrince.com slash forum, or you can tweet us at canandrince if you would like us to play any of your favorite pieces of video game music on future shows. We will do just that. Uh, we have uh, several other podcasts on the rinse Collective. Uh, rinse comes out on Mondays for video game deep dives. We have Playwright on Thursdays, which is... uh the creation of uh, video games wholesale from uh, from the barest inkling of an idea to a somewhat more fleshed out idea. <laughs> and the Sasha's Factory on Fridays where we interview game developers. Uh, you can find us on all the social medias as well as Patreon if that is uh how you choose to support the the network otherwise um we're very happy for your listens and for any shares with uh friends family i'm sure that uh, people are looking for some new podcasts to get into during this work from home time we've all been uh we've all been uh, experimenting with uh with different um netflix shows and and podcasts and music genres i'm sure just because of the extra uh time on our hands being um uh, cutting down on commutes and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, any, uh, any additional attention during this time is always welcome. Uh, anyways, I would like to, uh, to thank Chase for taking some time out on a Tuesday afternoon to chat some video game music. Um, would you like to plug anything that you're working on now or anything that you'd like to, uh, put in front of the audience?
1: Sure. I, actually want to offer your listeners a couple giveaway codes to the one of my soundtracks called deity quest. So do the giveaway as you wish. And yeah,
0: fantastic. Why don't you go for it? Um, if you want to kind of introduce the, the game, the the music, anything that, uh, it kind of gets you excited about this soundtrack in particular.
1: So deity quest was developed by fancy fish games. It is a, it's a, it was one of my, biggest soundtracks at the time before my latest soundtrack that's come out but the the type of game is you're you're playing a deity and you graduate from deity school and you're trying to gain followers and so it has like a pokemon type of rival type of thing that goes along with it but you set up the battle system and your followers fight for you and you try to gain as much followers or collect as many followers just like in pokemon as you can and so it's really fun And I wrote themes for every single area. I wrote themes for cutscenes. I wrote themes for the deities themselves. Every single deity has a theme. So it is a huge (laughs) soundtrack, but a lot, but uh, a lot of people really liked it and loved it. I was able to achieve this like chiptune hybrid sound that people really enjoyed. And so I wanted to offer it to your listeners in that regard.
0: Are these um, based on real deities or are these kind of originally created for the game?
1: These are originally created for the game.
0: Cool, cool. That sounds like a, uh, a fun. How would you describe it stylistically, the soundtrack, anyways? Oh,
1: that's a good question. Stylistically, like upbeat, uh, energetic, but, and then very, it has got some very good ambience type of vibes as well it's a it's really hard to describe my sound like my sound is just really <laughs> it's just there it's eclectic in its own regard but it's it's it grows on you that's really what what it is so it may not at first but Whoa. you'll th- but you'll think about it for long mm-hmm. long time
0: well, hard to describe. is my favorite genre of music, so I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, if uh, if listeners are interested in um, these keys that you're uh, you're giving away, how would you like them to get in contact with you, or would you like it to kind of go through our accounts? How would you like this to to go down?
1: Yeah, uh, I haven't really thought of the logistics of that, but if <laughs> I think it's, I was thinking more I would just offer it to give you know give you a couple or so and you can offer it to sure. the the listeners that, you know, maybe you want to, you know, give out to and whatnot like that. And so, yeah, just let it, let it be through your Great, channel. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, if people are interested in, uh, in this, then, uh, please head on over to the Kane and Rinse, um, Twitter at Cane and Rinse, and we can hook you up. Um, otherwise, uh, feel free to contact us on the forum as well. There will be a topic in our sound of play sub forum, uh, like there is every week for this particular show. Um, Anyways, thanks again for, uh, for dropping by. It's been, uh, it's been great talking to you and we have one more piece of music to play us out on. This is uh, perhaps an unexpected pick, but (laughs) maybe with the uh, Pokemon reference in the last explanation, uh, maybe a little bit less. So
1: yeah, this is all, this is just one of those just good hearted, tracks that i is really mm. beloved to my heart i would play this game on my n64 that my grandma bought for me that's the only console i have still for my childhood to this day and the game and it was just i don't know maybe I just having a barbados background with uh with that side of the family and such it's it just felt just felt right and it just it always mm. made me happy i just will never forget it and just it's this really nice bounce around track and it's really fun the entire soundtrack is great but this one specifically would just make me smile
0: fantastic this is camera check by memori yakuko from pokemon snap anyways thanks for joining us and we will catch you all next week